and welcome into the Scoop on Life. We appreciate you taking time to listen in this week. I'm Chase with Lauren, and we are excited about today's show. As you know, we've been walking through foster care and adoption. We're going to spend some time talking about adoption today. and We've got a local couple, Joey and Marsha Boyd, who have adopted uh, around six years ago. So we're really going to dive in uh, to that today. And uh, Joey and Marsha, thanks for taking time with us today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. So adoption has been uh, described as uh, the visible gospel. It's said that it's uh, proclaimed to be watching a world that desperately needs to know the love of a heavenly father. But adoption isn't for everyone. Uh, what fit into y'all's thoughts and decisions behind pursuing adoption? I think first and foremost, um, it was the active and gracious work of the gospel in and through our lives. Um, you know, as, as we began to pursue Christ more passionately, the Lord opened up many doors of opportunity for ministry and mission. And uh, we had opportunities to travel and minister uh, to um, the least of these um, in our local community um, and throughout the country domestically and even internationally. And it was through these that, that God began to really birth into our heart a, a uh, really a, a deep desire to, to minister to children, uh, specifically uh, orphans and, uh, and the oppressed. And so... I think in that what we learned is that our burden for orphans and and desire for ultimately to adopt was developed um, by simple exposure. Um, so really the gospel working in our life and being exposed to the needs um, around the world. I mean, there's 153 million orphans in the world tomorrow over 5,000 children will become orphans in this world and and so exposure to that you see the the urgent need uh humanitarian need in their life but then as christians you know they need the gospel you know that uh that's their own their hope so what we did was we just purposefully exposed our family to orphan ministry and adoption. We read books. We volunteered. We went to orphan and ministry conferences. We went to informational meetings on adoption uh, to different agencies. Uh, we, we even got certified as foster parents. We really didn't know. We didn't know how anything would turn out. We just knew that the need was urgent and, what, and God was calling us to it. Well, and that's, you know, it's interesting to hear you say it really c- came through exposure and many different things. It wasn't just like one thing you saw or heard was like, oh, we should pursue adoption. You know, it kind of came over time and ex- and choosing to expose yourself. Um, and we've, we've looked into a lot of adoption and foster care resources. We've talked to people who work in foster care, who work in adoption, but then we've also had the opportunity to have conversations with people who are in it like not who work in it but say we are foster parents we are adoptive parents and so one um quote i came across was um by a guy who works for focus on the family and he says adoption is both gritty and glorious it's exciting and it's scary too most of all it's humbling to be entrusted with a life through the loving choice of another person the other person being birth mom 
Um, and so in y'all's adoption experience, what has been some of that grit and glory, as he called it, that your, your family has walked through as a result of choosing adoption? Yeah, so um, in our particular adoption story, it's a private adoption. We didn't go through um, an agency or anything, but um, because we had made ourselves available and, um, you know, people knew that we were pursuing um, possibly adoption and the foster care system and everything, um, we were chosen by the birth mom. And so um, I was able to minister to her in the last few months leading up to Jameson's birth. Um, God was extremely gracious during that. I mean, I felt the weight of that and that human being was going to be placed in my care, not only to care for him physically, but to share the gospel with him and, um, lead him to a life that would ultimately glorify God. Um, so that was some of the grit for me. It was very, um, emotional and we knew the risk going in. Um, you hear these stories of these couples that get so far and then, you know, that child's taken away, and you already love them. Um, So we knew, and we had prepared for that in our journey and in our research and um, all the different things that we had exposed ourselves to. Um, And you would really have to know the details of our story to really appreciate the level of grace that we were given. Um, But one of the main things that sticks out to me is just the the support of our family. Um, You know, at the time we had three older boys, and I can just remember us going to them and and telling them that we felt like this was something that God was leading us to, and they never hesitated. I mean, that's awesome. You know, so, um, and then when we specifically were chosen um, to adopt Jameson, um, we shared with them the situation, and um, they were just overwhelmingly so excited, you know. Um, so that, to me, was a, a huge grace because, you know, there could have been a situation where they were like, no, you know. They're, Absolutely. You know, so, yeah, that, that was one of the main things. And then just our, um, our extended family, just the outpouring of love and grace um, in that. Um, but we purposed from the beginning to be open with Jameson, about him being adopted um, and we've used that as a gospel opportunity to show him a picture of what our Heavenly Father has done for us and um, we know that the days of grit are not over right. um, we know that there's going to be some hard conversations in the future mm-hmm. um, but we also know that God keeps his promises and we know that there's going to be grace um, for those days so yeah and and I think that I don't know if you guys have ever listened to John Piper's sermon on adoption being the heart of the gospel, but if you haven't listened to it, he makes eight distinct essential points of that. It's beautiful. But he says the deepest and strongest foundation for adoption is located not in the act of humans adopting humans, but in God adopting humans. And this act is not part of his ordinary providence in the world. It is the heart of the gospel. And so... We've experienced God's grace through this, but the grace in our, our personal adoption story is one thing. But for God to leave heaven for earth and to adopt sinners is simply amazing. The, the doctrine of adoption in the gospel and the work of Christ on the cross is the deepest, grittiest, and glorious thing that there is. And, and because of that, our, our personal adoption story brings, brings about something that's more deeper and, and more worshipful 
and helps us understand 1 John 3, 1 even more, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. You know, and, and when I think about every time Jameson walks beside me, he reaches his hand up and he slips it into mine every single time. We were went to lunch today. As soon as we stepped out of the car, he came to me, my side, and he slipped his hand into my hand. And every time he does that, I experience something that's just truly amazing. I, I, every time he does it, my heart just burns for love for him. I, I had no idea how much I could love someone that is not my own flesh and blood. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit reminds me of God's far-reaching redemptive hand for me, where he reached down for me and he brought me out of my sinless, helpless estate. He clothed me in the righteous clothes of his son. He changed my name. He changed my heart. He changed my identity. And he made me an heir of his glorious estate. And, and because we are his children, we can be confident that he'll give us everything that we need to navigate the challenging, the gritty, broken days ahead for our good and his glory. And I'm sure that just creates such a sense of dependency. Like to hear you say, you know the gritty days are not over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jameson is only six, and what few questions he may have been asking up to this point, you have basically said it, he's going to keep asking questions, yeah. and it's not over. It's going to be a long road. But then to Joey to hear you talk about um, the picture that we have adoption in Scripture of God's adoption of us to say he chose the grit and the glory yeah. uh, in loving mm -hmm. us and to see your willingness to say, we're going to keep walking through it with Jameson. Mm -hmm. You know, he's ours. He's our son. We're going to do this. That's awesome. Yeah. So very practically, just what are some ways that uh, uh, individuals, uh, but also the church can support adoptive families? Uh, you know, if you're in the process now or really just moving forward, how uh, can the church and really anybody come and along and support adoptive families? I think the most important thing as it relates to both um, supporting um, adoptive families and um, making orphan ministry a part of your church is really the development of the culture within the church. You know, I, I think orphan ministry, adoption ministry is not secondary to the work of the church. It should come alongside and support uh, the vision and the purpose of the church. But I think that we, we have to work at developing the culture. We have to expose ourselves to the children of this world. If we don't, it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. And, um, you know, back at the beginning, the first question you asked, uh, Chase, you made a statement that said, adoption is not for everyone. And uh, personally, I, um, I believe that adoption, that's true, like adoption is not for everyone, but I think we also need to understand that adoption is for the church. Mm -hmm. And so if we have been adopted by Christ and we are his, then that the spirit of adoption should, should, um, should move us to actively pursue, to passionately engage this ministry in the church. Um, I think we need to eradicate the thought that adoption 
ministry is not for us as Christians from our minds and let the word lead our lives. Like James 1.27 is not a, an, a, an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. Right. And we need to open up our hearts. We need to open up our homes to the wonderful journey uh, through prayer and exposure to this ministry. There are kids out there that need a loving mother and father. They need to be fostered maybe for a season. Or there, there are orphans throughout this world that, that need father. There are kids tonight in Anniston, Alabama, who will go to sleep by themselves and they will prepare dinner for themselves and they'll have to wake up in the morning and they'll have to fix their bowl of cereal by themselves. And there may be a father or mother present and they're physically present, but they're they're absent from their lives. There is so much work to do. And um, adoption is, is one just one aspect of that, our ministry to... To, to families and to children. And our first step, most practical thing that we could do is expose ourselves and open up ourselves. We never, we never thought we would adopt. We were that people that adoption is not for us. But as we grew in the gospel and as we were exposed to the urgent need, we realized that we have to do something. I think about um, was wasn't intended on sharing this story, but it's it's very personal, but it kind of sets a good um, kind of I guess um, um, perspective on this thought. Um, went on my first international mission trip to with a good friend of mine, Eric Hickson, um, and uh, to to Nicaragua, and we worked in an orphanage a lot, stayed actually in the orphanage, um, in a little orphanage in Wigapa, Nicaragua. And the kids there were beautiful. It was my first exposure to orphans. And uh, it was it was a, a very broken thing to experience. And you see kids just coming from very difficult uh, situations. and and um, But you see so much joy and so much life, you know, and, and, and so much care happening within, within that. Um, and I'll never forget um, a young lady now. Uh, she was a teenager in the orphanage. Um, she, she made the comment to, to Eric that if you, if you feed the people, my people, who are starving in Nicaragua today, they're going to be hungry tomorrow. If you, if you take in an orphan today and you give them a place over their head, they're probably going to need a place tomorrow. She says, my people need Jesus because that's their only hope. And when we understand that the ur- most urgent need in this world is not that we give some humanitarian aid, but we give the gospel. And we need to expose ourselves to that need, whether it's across the street or across the world whether it's in foster care or it's in adoption, we must be diligent. We've got to put ourselves in the middle because people need the gospel. And as his church, as his people, we've been called out to bear his name and we've been sent out to be his ambassadors uh, of his message of hope so that people around the world can know him. Um, And we're so thankful that God 
used people in his grace and um, his providence to allow Jameson to come into our life so that we could shepherd him and we could show him uh, the, the beautiful news of Jesus Christ and what he'd done for him. And we pray that he will come to know him and he will love him and he, he will be uh, a great representation of, of, of Christ in his own life as he grows older, if God wills. Well, that's so, that's, you know, that's so true. And it's so awesome to hear that perspective of, um, as you walk through that again, just the process of adoption and the things that I feel like God, Joey, you know, used in your heart over the years to prepare you for where you are now, you know, with Jameson. But even thinking back six years ago uh, to when y'all were, or I guess over six years ago when y'all were preparing to adopt Jameson and were walking through that process, were there um, tangible ways that, that people, whether it was family or individuals in the church or the local church as a whole, just really um, basically locked arms with you guys and were like, this is how we're going to help and serve you through this process? Um, yes. And so um, we, we are members of Redeemer Church in Oxford, and we started coming to the church um, and uh, – Shortly after um, coming to the church, that is when we adopted Jameson. And um, I just think of going back, I mean, at that, at that moment, I was actually, we came to Redeemer. I had a job. And when we actually purposed to, um, uh, to, to adopt Jameson, I didn't even have a job. And um, God was gracious in that and all of those things. But we experienced something from a church family that we really had not experienced uh, ever before. Um, um, just some very practical ways. I mean, the, the church family, I mean, they gave Marsha a shower, you know. Awesome. Um, and just like, you know, she was pregnant. And um, when Jameson was born, I mean, the church cooked meals for us. And they brought them to our home and, and just counseled us. I can remember phone calls and conversations and house visits and uh, just really, you know, I, I could give you a bunch of different practical examples, but um, to be a part of such a gospel-centered church at that moment in time was God's grace to us. Mm -hmm. And we experienced that firsthand. We're thankful for our church. We're thankful for our pastors and uh, the members of the church who, who walk faithfully um, with us during that very difficult time and yeah. continue to walk with us too oh, yeah. through difficult time sure and as you said the grit that will continue yes. <laughs> um and just as we always do um if you're listening you know as we talk to individuals who are walking through these certain um things whether it's foster care or adoption or working in a pro-life ministry um just to hear you say that joey there are needs real tangible needs that adoptive and foster care families face um every day you know a lot of times and so to say um, as a believer, what is our responsibility to serve these families? And to hear that, you know, uh, Redeemer gave a baby shower and brought food and called and texted and came to the house. And I'm sure you probably needed help with your older boys. And yeah. just throughout all that to say, how can we tangibly love and serve this family? Um, I think it's huge. And I think it's our responsibility as the church uh, to do those things, to, mm -hmm. to see the needs, to not ignore them, but in love um, and in love for Christ, first and foremost, but then for one another to say, we want to help meet those and help to make the adoption process, the foster care process, whatever it is, just go as smoothly as possible for the rest of your family. And through, you know, just even y'all as the parents, um, feeling the love and support of a church. I think that's super important. 
Absolutely. Joey and Marsha Boyd, uh, thank you for what you do, and thank you for, for sharing your story tonight here on The Scoop on Life. We appreciate Joey and Marsha Boyd for taking time with us here to share their story on adoption. And we thank you for taking time and listening in. Uh, we want to remind you of the ways you can listen to the Scoop on Life podcast. Of course, on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, and YouTube. Those are the three ways you can listen in uh, to the Scoop on Life. We're also on social media on Facebook and Instagram. So, uh, go like those pages and keep up to date with all that we have going on with the Scoop on Life. Thanks again for joining us this week. We'll be back with more next week of the Scoop on Life.